What's good, everybody? And this week's episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsors over at Manscaped. Guys, for a lot of people, 2020 was a very rough year in all areas. And moving forward into 2021, let's control what we can control by taking care of ourselves emotionally, spiritually, financially, as well as physically. And that's what Manscaped is here to help you guys. Manscaped provides some of the best below the waist grooming for men. And I've been talking about it. If you do not have the lawnmower 3.0 guys i don't know what you are doing it is very important that you take care of yourself downstairs guys it is important that you be well groomed because as i keep on telling you guys you take care of the shrubs it makes the trees look taller so guys go ahead and head over to manscape.com use the offer code the roommates at checkout you get free shipping and 20% off. Guys, it is so important that we continue to invest in ourselves, and that's why I love Manscaped. One more time. I love that sound. So guys, make sure you go ahead and check it out. Manscaped.com. Use the offer code Roommates at checkout. And let's get to this week's episode. And guys, for so many years, people have been asking me, Hafiz, do the best of the roommates, do the best of the roommates, and we have not done it. So for the first time since we've created the roommates, I'm going to do the best of the roommates where I'll be able to show you guys some of my favorite moments from the year. So many amazing guests, so many amazing people, and so much value that can be given to your lives. So guys, I hope you enjoy this best of the roommates. Continue to share, share, share this content. I look forward to building with you guys and leveling up with you guys physically emotionally spiritually financially in 2021 but for now let's enjoy the best of the roommates one because they don't listen to it they see they come and see a black man in a suit with that with that background and everything else and they're used to hearing mother god is queen the black woman (laughs) is god and they're not used to hearing um such a direct message and it the picture says one thing, but the message is another. Mm. And they automatically, the first time I say something, it's like, well, and they get triggered quickly. Mm. But if you listen to what I'm saying overall, I have women who will sit back and say, at first I got upset, but then I came back. I was getting my hair cut today, and a woman left me eight comments. I'm like, I ain't even pray for you. And I'm like, <laughs> um, here's the thing. Let's go back to that eighth place trophy. Yeah. We have told women across the world it doesn't matter what size you are mm-hmm. nobody can judge you your your body your choice your womb your that, that. and uh this has been going on for a long time uh shahara zad ali wrote a book in 89 90 the black man's guide to understanding the black woman well she chronicled that the everybody in this country the black man included have been put under a microscope and examined but the only one in this country that has not had this kind of treatment is black women. And if you go back and look at some clips from Oprah, Donahue, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, anything from Shahara Zadali, look it up and see what that sister was saying. She was prophesizing what's happening right now. Um, black media right now, there is no black male media run by black men for black men. The best you have is Ebony Essence, Madame Noir, these things. And they have a large female base because women support. Women spend 73 cents out of every dollar. There's a, a, a media, there's an economic component to telling your market what they want to hear. However, 
The sobering statistic is one out of four black women won't marry. The sobering statistic is 80% of black women, 80% are overweight. When Spellman took away that complete college athletics because they noticed so many incoming freshmen were obese. Mm. So as an image consultant, I started to witness that um, men were getting all ready to go, and there's, there's no women out there available for them. And I'm like, uh, okay. And I'm starting to witness that when I'm working with women, uh, I'm like, dear, you're five foot four, 260. That's nothing that really fits you. So I was realizing that I could tell men some truths and men would want to do something about it, but women, they would get upset. I'm going to refund it. I'm like, so I'm like, what's going on? Then I watched Rebecca Lynn Pope's video. Mm-hmm. And it, it, she gave the other side, and I was like, I see. I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. So I started to kind of go a little bit further into this. What a lot of women object to is they've not being, they're not used to being told the truth, mm-hmm. just the simple truth. It doesn't matter how nicely I try to word it. I think if you watch my broadcast, I struggle sometimes using all my corporate skills. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be watching you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to be tactful with you. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm a well-schooled communicator, uh, neuro-linguistic pro- programming certified. I mean, I'm, I'm really trying, but at some point, how do you tell someone who is 40 years old, who is... 260 pounds, three children by two different men, and who was objectively an average-looking woman that uh, high-value men, men earning this kind of money, don't see you. That's offensive to them. But the thing is, it wasn't offensive 50 years ago because we actually had to we had to deal with more reality and ranking ourselves. So what that, changed? What changed? Um, Lots of things changed uh, in the black community. In particular, what changed is, you know, no-fault divorce, um, um, the advent of the welfare state, and there's a thing called the Monaghan Report that kind of prophesies, yeah, uh, the the destruction of of the family because black men have effectively been removed from the family. No other group of women has a song talking about I'm independent. I'm this, I don't need no man. I mean, this has been put into our culture. I actually went back and did some research on color purple and some of the stuff even put it on microfiche in the eighties talking about the dangerous depictions of men. See, here's what's changed. We've gone through this entire late eighties, early nineties of, you know, girl power. And I'm all for the empowerment, but we don't, but we need each other. And now uh, my generation, Generation X, we were lied to. The, uh, the men were told to be baby face. I'll be your rent. I'll tie your clothes. And, uh, and the women don't want guys that are that soft. I, I trust me. I've went that way. It don't work. And then uh, women were told they need to be superwoman, and they don't want all that pressure. Um, so now people are, are looking for answers, especially when you have a global thing that happens, I don't want to trigger the algorithm. Uh, when something like that happens and every other group is sequestered in place with their significant other and their kids, and you got this group over here by themselves. I mean, if you look on blackdemographics.com, the statistics are sobering. So um, they're coming to my show or calling because, one, 
no matter what other content creators will tell women, the end pro the end consumer of a product that is a woman is a man. And uh, I don't want uh, Steve Harvey wrote that book. Think like a man. Think like a woman. Act like a. I'm sorry. Whatever. I think, it is. I think it's think like a woman. Act like a man. Uh, yeah. Okay. So if you notice that a lot of these places, the audience is full of women. There are no men there. Well, I talked to men first, and I understood what men want, think, such and so forth. And now the women are starting to realize we need to hear what men think, and they realize that it ain't. So that's the, it's, uh, the, the, here's the thing. You tell them a lot of truth that the reality of their life shows them, but they don't want to hear it. Man, that's a really good point. And so, I like I said, I study this very thoroughly. And one of the biggest things that you describe is how, especially in the black community, the independent woman phenomenon really shaped the community. And I will, I will, I will give them the benefit of the doubt how mm -hmm. the war on drugs really crippled the black community oh, yes. after you know the 60s. And mm -hmm. like, I, I give them credit that they had to build themselves strong yeah. and independent because a lot of the men were being removed from the household. So I, I will give them the credit. But I think there is a level of delusion mm -hmm. in the modern woman for really understanding what men want. The, because we have told everybody that it, everyone can win. So here's the thing. If you, to get from time immemorial, beautiful, powerful men are around beautiful women. Okay, we understand that there's a standard. But see, here's the thing. If you've been told everybody can win and you want the outcomes, the eight, nine, or the 10, but you don't have the high value resource that the group defines, you try to pay for it in different ways with um, um, swag, game. And, and, but it's all, it's, it's all like it's counterfeit currency because at the end of the day, cool, you may be able to get her, but can you move in these spaces? Because when you go around these other men who this woman would tend to hang in these circles and hang around these kind of men, do you fit with the other guys? And they're like, oh, yeah. he's." And see, that's the thing. Most guys realize that. So they know. And here's the thing. Men are more realistic than women because we get rejected more often. But it's still out there. They still want it. So here's the thing. I tell guys, want what you want. But buy what you can afford. That's what it comes down to, bro. You can want what you want. If you ever, I want a Bentley. I want this or that. But if you go to a Bentley dealership, they're gonna run your credit. You gotta have a certain kind of insurance. They're not gonna let you test drive a Bentley because you want to. It's <laughs> harsh. That's, that's, that's the harsh truth. Yeah, but, and and I I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that because. I want to do this first part of this conversation for the men who want those kinds of women. We'll talk about the men who just want to be happy. Okay. Because the thing that these guys don't realize, as we keep on pointing out, is they're naturally ranking women. Mm -hmm. They're saying, these girls I don't want, these girls I want. Mm -hmm. So they put women on a, uh, on a scale. And then they simultaneously have ranked themselves. Right. I'm here, and now I want here. And they don't realize, like you said, you can't go to the, the Rolls Royce dealership with twenty thousand in the bank account. No, you just can't. It's just it's just not it's not working that way, <laughs> you know. And so and so one of the biggest challenges I've also noticed, and you've noticed probably noticed as well, is that they don't realize you can't trick these women for long. No, 
No, you can't. And see, here's the thing. Guys get fixed on the income part of it because it's a hard line. I didn't make that six-figure line. The world gave that to me, and I just worked with it. I, I, I remember I did a show on ranking guys being high value, and so many guys would call in. They said they want to be high value and ask them why, and they couldn't tell me why. I'm like, man, you don't have to be high value. Why do you want to be happy? And um, I got emails from guys saying, thank you. Thank you for taking it off me because I'm happy doing this, you know, not-for-profit work or this. And I was like, okay, cool. But not trying to get Beyonce to be your wife, too, now, because that ain't that, those, those two things don't line up. <laughs> so, I know a lot of guys who consume male content mm-hmm. who come with a very cynical view of marriage. Why would do you say was the best decision of your life? Cynical view as in how? Explain more. A lot of these guys have a very negative connotation when it comes to marriage. Oh, okay. And, you know what okay. I mean? And so they, they, they really believe that marriage is more of a liability versus yeah. an asset. So yeah. why would you say it was the single greatest decision you made in your life? Um, she's... It's almost like a good business partner yeah. that you need, mm-hmm. right? That somebody that you can talk to. Like I'm, I'm talking about business, right? Having a good business partner is crucial for the growth of that business, mm-hmm. right? She's that, but for life, mm. a great partner for life and yeah. everything. And the fact that she's just see, most women are airheads up here. Mm-hmm. Most pretty women, they got nothing up there. Yeah. It's rare to find a girl that actually that you can hold a conversation and it's not about instagram likes but it's just real world conversation yo i can talk to this girl about anything Mm -hmm. business uh my marketing problems content whatever it is yo she she bounces back great ideas yeah she makes me a better version she motivates me to become better and the crazy part is that she is hungry too and this is crucial you need to be matched because most marriages are comfort i'm getting married because this is just who I've been with for the longest. Yeah. Worst decision you could ever make. Mm-hmm. I got married because this is who I want, and I don't want anybody else to have her. Yeah, that's real. This is who I need because she makes me a better man. That's real. right. So the crazy part is that she's also hungry, right? So she has her own goals, right? She wants to become a doctor. She's doing her whole nine, which is an intensive career path that she chose. Yeah. So it's like we grind and motivate together. That's dope. When I see her work, I'm working. Mm-hmm. When she's down, I lift her up. When I'm down, she motivates me because she can relate. She's like, yo, you know, when I'm in, in, in lab and I'm down or my boss does this, I do this. Mm. That type of motivation, you can't, you can't even put a number on that, yeah. bro. Because when you're down and having somebody be able to lift you up, yeah. bro, you can just go further. Yeah. Two minds are better than one when those minds are like in sync. No, I agree you know? with you 100%. And that's, and that's why I really wanted to hear your story because I feel like too many men are consumed with so many negative stories, women taking children, women taking child, women taking money, and they don't hear the positive stories such as yourself where if you get the right woman in your life, she's a multiplier. She makes things so much better. 100%, bro. And, and that's the thing that when I was dating, trust me, that was the first thing in my mind. I had Marriage was really far away from my head. But more importantly, it was like, how do I know that this girl's not a gold digger? How do yeah. I know this not girl, this girl's not after my nice stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because I had, I'm, I'm a young kid with nice stuff. It's very easy, yeah, to get any girl to like notice you. But I don't want any girl, yeah. And that's the thing that I'm so focused in my business and scaling and just growing. Like that is my passion. Yeah. After my family, like before I had my family, Monday through Sunday, I'm working. I wake up at four. I'm in the office. I used to leave at 9, 10 at night, yeah. right? It's just, I love it. It's a passion of mine. Now that I have a family, obviously that's different. But um, before for me, 
women, if you think about it, it's an easy distraction. Mm -hmm. If all you're chasing is tail, right? Mm -hmm. It's very, very easy to get lost in that. Now I'm buying stupid things to impress women. Yeah. Now I'm wasting my time. You know how hard it is to connect with women? Not hard, but time consuming. Yes, right? yes, yes. And if all you're looking is for more numbers, yo, if that's your goal, go for it. That was never my goal. Yeah. Right? That's just not my goal. Mm -hmm. Right? That takes too much time out of my plate. Mm-hmm. That's not beneficial for me. There's nothing in the at at the end of the road for me for that. Mm-hmm. It's to me empty vanity. That's what it is for me. That's right. right? But that's just my mindset. Yeah. I, I'm not saying every dude's gonna be like that. Yeah. Other dudes have other priorities. My yeah. priorities were different. My priorities were I'm scaling my business as far as I can take it. Yeah. Right. I need a partner in my life. No, that's real, and I think, and that's a part where it's like. I, w- I love your story. That's why, guys, make sure if you haven't followed, make sure you're following right now. But, like, Thank so you, many man. dudes need to hear that. You know yeah. what I mean? They need, they need to understand because, they like, like I said, too many people have the negative stories. Yeah. They don't have the positive yeah. stories. And like you said, when you're a man and you're really successful, they're, like, we all can love the Dan Bilzerians, think that's cool and funny and all that don't stuff. Don't even get me started <laughs> on Dan, bro. You know, people can love There's the, nothing the, there, bro. <laughs> but end of the day, when we're talking about, like, at, at 55, mm-hmm. I always tell people reverse engineer your life. At mm-hmm. 55, you know, who do you want to be? What do you want people to say about you? And who do you want by your side? Yes. There's not that many men, if they're being honest, who at 55 just want a bunch of vain girls by their side who have no substance and no value. Oh, they bring no value to your life. It's, it's a liability, not an asset on your exactly. balance sheet. If you look at your life like a balance sheet... When you have a bunch of girls that have no value other than sex, they still want money. You yeah. got to take them out on dates. You got to buy them nice things, mm-hmm. right? That's a, that's a liability. Yeah. My wife is an a- She is the asset, yeah, right? That, that builds me up. Yeah. Yo, when I come home, I come home to a home where I see my wife and my child. Yeah. That motivates me to keep pushing. Yeah. Right? Coming home to a girl that I don't even know just because I wanted to bag her. Yeah. That won't motivate me. Yeah. It gets... It'll motivate you the first three, four, maybe five times. Yeah. After a while, you're just, it's just emotion. I tell men all the time, one of the best books I've ever read was Millionaire Next Door, which mm-hmm. talk about the lives of billionaires. There's a reason why 90% of millionaires are married. Yeah. There's a reason why, and like you said, the best benefit in a man's life is having that great woman. And like I said, and we, and we see it. 100%. You're 25, 100%. and like, you're like the golden standard Thank you, brother. Thank for, you. for man, in my opinion, yeah. masculinity in the modern era. And 100%. so it's like, and I feel like too many young men need to hear more stories like yours. And, and, and the reality is you got to go back to nature too, right? Like our biological nature. A lot of men will be like, all right, why can't you just live with her? You don't have to get married. Yeah. Just live with her. And then when you get bored in eight years, you can swap. You're, you're not tied down yeah. to that commitment. We take God away, take everything away. At the, at the base core, as, as, as animals, our goal is the transferring of DNA. Yeah. That is our goal as a species. You ask any evolutionist, that is, in other words, your goal is for the survival of our human species and for your DNA to be transferred down. Mm-hmm. That is the goal yeah. at, at, at the core. Um, if you're, to me, reproducing and seeing a child is motivating. Yeah. But it, I, I feel like it feeds your, I don't want to say your animal instinct, but your, your natural biology. Yeah. It is our natural biology to reproduce yeah. and see your blood, yeah. see your offspring. Right, and I can't see myself reproducing with a baby mama. Thing what guys gotta understand is that 
the strategies and techniques and stuff like that, you got to understand it's going to get revealed on the date. Women are bloodhounds for a guy that's faking. Because what, what a woman to do? A woman, a te- you could text a woman at 3 p.m., hey, how your day going? She'll hit you back at 10. <laughs> She'll hit you back at 10. You low value, all that have been came out. You'll be you hit her back at six, seven with a question mark. <laughs> and and this is what guys this is what guys don't don't understand. I I, I have girls that done tried me like that. Hit me yeah. back the next day and and and, and they just sometimes they could have been just like meant to text because I can do that too sometimes, right? Like I saw the text, I meant to get back to it, I got sidetracked. Yeah. And then I'll look back at it later, especially since I looked at the text and then text right then. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, sh- I forgot the text. So, and then she texts you, let's give the benefit of the doubt. Let's yeah. just say she wasn't playing a game. Yeah. But you be, oh, you, I guess you're not interested. Just <laughs> enough. But I thought you were so high value. Yeah. The thing why I try to tell guys is the whole high value mindset, it becomes you once. So if you're a guy that's on your purpose and you're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, right? Mm-hmm. You 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 don't you just don't you lose you don't care. Mm-hmm. I I have no other way to say mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You don't care. I just set a date with a girl for Friday, mm-hmm. and uh, I really don't care mm-hmm. if she cancels. Mm-hmm. I I have no and I I don't the way I look at it. I'll just write another chapter for my book if she don't. Or maybe I get some rest because I got uh, so much collabs this week. I got another collab tonight with another guy, big YouTuber, bigger than me. Uh, I got another collab. Thursday, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I, I don't, I don't care, mm-hmm. and that's what the high value mindset comes to. So, what guys have to understand is when guys come to me for advice and they crying about this, that, what I've started to tell guys now is, I'm gonna tell you opposite of what other dating coaches tell you. Most dating coaches tell you, go talk to a hundred women, so they want to mask that pain mm-hmm. with more women. Yeah. So if you're going through a heartbreak. Let me, if you meet other women, just take your mind off. What I've told guys now is I take the other approach. For the next 30 days, I don't want you to talk to no women, mm. even if they're giving you choosing signals. Mm. What I want you to do, and this is just something recently I started, what I want you to do now is for the next 30 days, I want you to figure out how to be happy without women. Mm. That's what we need to do because that's what's going to get you in that mindset where you need to be. I need you to have hobbies and purpose in life to where you, what you are is bored and lonely and you want a woman to come solve your problems. Yeah. And that's the issue. What I've been telling guys is for the next 30 days, I want you to find out what do you love to do. I'm not even talking about purpose. I'm just talking about activities, hobbies. Mm-hmm. Get your life back yeah. so that when you do meet a woman, you're not dependent on the outcome. You don't care. Yeah. So what guys do, they so invested, they so lonely, they so desperate for a female validation is that I need this to work out. They so invested in that outcome. Mm. I need this to work out because my life, I'm so lonely, I'm so bored. I need this woman to come fix my life. And what I've been telling guys is I want you to build a life to where you're happy without women. And don't talk to women till you got that. Mm. Now once you get that, when you meet a woman, you don't care if she ever calls you back. Because now you guess what? You're going surfing. You're going shooting basketball. You're on your purpose. You're going swimming. You figured out how to become happy without women so that when you meet a girl, things are going good for two or three weeks, and she's starting to pull back. You don't care. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it hurts so bad when you date a girl for a month or two months and then she starts to pull back because she has brought happiness to your life, and now you're thinking about what your life is going to go back to without her. Mm. So you work your little shitty nine-to-five that you hate, Mm -hmm. And then 
she comes and she makes you happy at the end of the day because you got her to come cheer you up. Yeah. And the thought of losing that yep. and your life going back to video games and back to Tinder dates yeah. just literally makes you angry. Mm -hmm. And this is what causes an issue. Mm -hmm. Opposed to if you had to build a life of happiness with outside of her and you notice that pullback, you're like, I'm just go back to doing what I was doing. I have right. hobbies. I have... And so you're not dependent upon the outcome. Yeah. And so that's the thing where guys... I, I talk about the choosing signals, and guys, it's, it's went over guys' head tre yeah, tremendously. Too much. Too much. Tre tremendously. Guys thought that I said choosing signals, waiting for choosing signals is the best way to meet women. I don't know how somebody thought that. Yeah. That is <laughs> completely absinthe. Yeah, yeah. Being a guy that used to approach 100 women on the weekend in my teenage days and yeah. my early 20s, too, to be quite honestly, at the mall and stuff, I can sit here and tell you, anybody tell you, if you just approach women just like as a trainer at the gym, yeah. you just approach enough people, you're going to get somebody who yeah. wants to work with you. It's just, that's the way it's a numbers game, right? Numbers game, yep. But the thing with the difference with women is you're trying to get your happiness from women, and so no matter how many women you sleep with, it's still yeah. not enough. No matter what you do, it's still not enough. Mm -hmm. You slept with 50 women this year? Yeah, but what about the 50 that got away? Yeah. It's never enough. You'll be better off sleeping with five women a year or two women a year and getting, have your hobbies and purpose. Yeah. And for my relationship, guys, I don't want woman a year. Yeah. You'll get more happiness from that. And that's why you see a lot of guys who, once they get married, they tell you, this is much better than the one I was out chasing women. Yeah. It's because they realize that no matter how many you slept with, it was never going to be enough. Yeah. Now, it's us being red pill brothers. We don't get married, but we get married to our purpose. Yeah. We get married to our hobbies. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing what guys have to understand. Until you get that, you would never be happy, brother. No, that's good. I want to touch on the marriage thing, but I want to go back mm -hmm. a little bit about what you're talking about being the high value thing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the part about you talk about being high value, and, and you said it initially, is that women can smell real high value. Yes. And what people don't understand is like, you and you being a person who has money, you know, I'm a person who's trying to get there, but a lot of my friends and people I do business with, they have real money. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to fake with a fake ch of a chain. Like mm -hmm. You save your whole money to get mm -hmm. a chain. Right. Another thing to save your whole money to get a watch. Mm -hmm. You can't fake the chain, the watch, the car, the mm -hmm. home, all. Like when, when a dude has real high value, mm -hmm. it's apparent everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you can do this to gain stuff. You can trick the girl in the moment mm -hmm. to think that you're high value, but eventually you're going to know she has high, high, high value. You can know you have high value. High value uh, has nothing to do with money. Yes. High value is a mindset. Mm -hmm. I would consider you high value. Yeah. I would consider what you're doing makes you high value, even yeah. though you might say you don't have money. That's You got guys out there that got money and they got a low-value mindset. That's real. It, 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 you can have a... It's, 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 some of the guys, you, if you ask any of these dating coaches you interview, ask them. Some of the guys that talk to the most are the guys who got money. That's real. <laughs> That's that, that. So that won't that won't make you high value. High value is a mindset, and the, and what I say about a mindset is a guy who has a life. Mm. You can. This will make you high value to me. You can have a making thirty k, and a good social life, and you are happy with that. And I would say you high value because your mindset says that my time is value. That's real. Regardless of. Uh, this uh, this billionaire, this billionaire over here getting dating advice from somebody. Yeah, you know this this billionaire, he's scared to leave his wife. How does high value? He's a billionaire, but he's scared to leave his wife. That's real. So the point being is, you have guys out here where they might only make no money, but you know what? They are content in life. 
they not sweating a woman. They're not in need of a woman. Their time is limited. They have an active social life, and they're content with what they're doing. I would consider you high value. And if you thinking, any of you guys out there thinking that going out there getting money is going to uh, fix your problems, I'm telling you it's not. I'm telling you purpose is the only way. I'm telling you that right now. Purpose is the only thing that's going to... You, you, like you doing this right here. This is something that this is your baby. Yeah. This is this this is this is my baby. This is my, I'm trying to build this to uh, up and smoke podcast. I'm trying to build, and then you become obsessed with, it, and this becomes everything comes around it. So if a girl was to hit you up and say, "Hey, I want to see you Tuesday around noon," you know, I got an interview. Yeah. You know, I, 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 well, that's the only time I can see you. Well, I just we have to talk later then. That's real. Because this is your baby. So the only way you're gonna become high value is to get that mindset that. You're happy as is. Your life is complete. You have your job. You have your social life. You have your hobbies. You are just content and happy in life. And when you out with a woman, what happens is she feels the high value because you're not desperate for her. Mm-hmm. You, you, I don't care if you stay or you don't. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm happy. I got a, I got a life. I, my apartment might not be a 10,000-square-foot home, but guess what? I work. I pay for it. I have my social life. I have my friends. I have my hobbies. I don't need you. Yeah, that's high value to me. It's that whole mindset of just not needing a woman. So I meet delusional people, but then who am I, like you said, to right. tell somebody else what they can or cannot achieve in life? So I would say the way I look at it, yeah, <clears throat> I won't tell someone that they'll never be able to, but I'll tell them where you're at right now is not going to happen. So what would you tell so, that? What would you, what would you say to the five foot three guy who wants to be the center for the Los Angeles Lakers? Basically, it's almost like you know how you can create a player on NBA Live yeah. or the two K Live NBA Live. Okay, so so I would say in order to do that, your dribbling, your jumping, all this has to be at ninety nine <laughs> for them. So if you can somehow find a way to get it there. <laughs> maybe you have a chance. But if you're not, if it's not there, then you don't have a chance. You know, so, so if, I mean, I don't know if it was, it was literally written down by the Romans and the Greeks and all these people that it was humanly impossible to run the mile under four minutes. Yeah. They used to have, they used to do experience. They'd have lions chasing <laughs> the people. Or they, they, maybe that'll motivate them to run faster. And, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they said, it is humanly impossible for thousands of years. They said it is impossible. And then someone broke the record, like, I don't know how long ago. But yeah. a few weeks after, other people broke it. A few weeks. Yeah. So it's like, yes, it may seem humanly impossible from my perspective, but I also know that, like, the potential that we have, like, I don't know. I don't know how far it can go. So. Yeah. There's plenty of things that I thought were impossible that I see now. And I think sometimes we forget the times that we used to think, oh, that's impossible. And so, so then I would, I would tell people, like, I'm re- I'd be real with them and I'd say, okay. Like when I was, I was helping coach some high school football at one time, and a lot of the kids, I mean, it was a school that was not winning any games or anything. I talked to some of these kids who were underdeveloped physically, and I'm like, what school, you know, what are your goals? So like, I want to go to LSU. I want to go. It's like their senior year. You know, like, I'm like, <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, if you if you want to go to LSU or Alabama or one of these places, you've got to put in 
work that I've never seen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's impossible. Yeah. And I'm not saying like you're not able to do it, but I've never seen it done. Yeah. So either you the eight gates, you know, yeah, you've got to show me something that I've just never seen before with my own two eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then I, I, it's possible. But if you can't show me something I've never seen with my own two eyes, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. So that's how I, I label it because I never want to be on the receiving end of that guy's, of that guy's story where he's like, yeah, you know, I told a feast that I, you know, the ESPN's like, so how did you do it? What were you thinking? I was thinking about Hafiz. Was he your coach? No, he was like my, my life mentor so I'd never play in the NBA. And here I am. I'm here. Where are you? You know? So, so, so I, I just, I, you know, I, so I, I, I think you had to be real with them, yeah. but you had to leave. You had to leave the possibility for the impossible. Yeah. But you had to be real with them. Yeah. Like I said. Patrick Bet David. Shout out to Patrick Bet David. Hopefully we'll get him back on the podcast soon. He says, if you want to beat your opponent, you have to outwork, out-strategize, outlast, and out-innovate them. And, and so, like you said, you have to unlock gates that has not been unlocked before. <laughs> right. Yeah. You have to you have to level up in levels I have not seen people level up. Right. Super Saiyan Rainbow. <laughs> like that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like we're not going blue and red. We're going everything. Like th there needs to be levels of transformation. But you are in ch charge of that. Right. You are in control. Okay, you're slow. You're not very strong. You're not very pretty. You're not very smart. I never forget. I have a member, member of my family who said, I had to study six hours a day to make C's. You know what? So, so the last interview that we had on the second guy mm -hmm. uh, channel, we had Jarrett Bush, who's, a, you know, he played the Super Bowl, NFL, yeah. and everything. And he was talking about in college, he said, I had to study for hours just to get a B minus. Yeah. Some people didn't have to study at all to get an A. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And so with that being said, I think what happens is that you have a great medium to the messages of delusion and perseverance. Right. Some people are heavy-handed delusional. You can't do this. You're not tall enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You can't do this. Some people are overly delusional, uh, overly, uh, what? Overly delusional. So the first person is? Perseverance. He just per perseveres through all that. Okay, so no, the first guy, what I was trying to say was the first person is the one who leans too heavily on people being delusional, right? Mm -hmm. so, so he's trying to smack them out of delusion, the rouse of the world. Mm -hmm. Then you have the other guy who is mainly probably like the moms who are overly perseverance. Baby, you can do it. Whatever you put your mind to. Like you, you, like you bring home an F. And it's like, well, you'll, don't worry about it. You'll be an astronaut. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Men don't date with those standards. Yeah. You date with who makes you happy. You what date if she can't get over that? She's like, I don't want to. I want somebody on my level. Good luck. <laughs> Have at it. Go for what you want. But I'm just letting you know that your pool of men that are making the kind of money you're making is so slim to none. And then those men don't want you because... A lot of them are doing so well. Pussy and money. Okay. This is the, the equalizer. Mm -hmm. This is what comes in. Women use pussy, vagina, mm -hmm. to say, oh, I got him with this sex, mm -hmm. right? Men 
use money. Yeah. So money is this equalizer. This men get access to women that they would never have access to because of money. That's so true. Women do it because men will sleep with just about anything. That's true. And especially if it's private or secret and no one has to know. Mm-hmm. So I've seen women who are fives. Yeah. But they're sleeping with a dude who's a nine. Yeah. She's got these ridiculous standards because she actually thinks this means that a man on that level would be with her. Mm. But he would never be with her. He's mm. just using her for sex. But yeah. she thinks because her vagina has mm. given her access mm. to these men here that this is the new standard. Men, money. They would never have access yeah. to these women, but the money gives them access to this. Mm. So for women who are very successful and you want to only date those men mm. in that pool, that men, men with money have access to women that are not on their level. Do you think he wants you? Unless you're a drop-dead gorgeous successful woman who has the body and all this, the looks to go along with your money, and even then they hardly still want you because they feel like they're in competition with you. Mm. And there's all this this underlying dynamic around, and, and women don't like when I talk about this. Speak the truth, Rebecca, while we're here. <laughs> there's a difference between being pretty and being gorgeous. Oof. You know, a lot of women will be like, I'm pretty. I don't understand. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Like, yeah, you're pretty and you're pretty with your clothes on. Yeah. But there's women who are drop dead gorgeous, but naked. Yeah. And that's a whole nother level. Like the difference between a guy makes good money is $80,000 and some people who make $80 million. Exactly. It's like there, you know, and women don't understand that there's from a visual perspective, there's this spectrum mm-hmm. for men, you know, there's like levels to this. Yeah, yeah. I learned, and, and what I'm speaking about really comes from matchmaking, yeah. you know, because I would deal with very high net worth men and they want a look, they want a woman. And, and it, it is not, you know, you got to be able to put on a bikini yeah, and be looking good on his arm in a bikini. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and a tiny bikini. Tiny bikini, like yeah. little eye patch bikinis yeah, that just look piece. like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. and 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 that's why women don't like this stuff. But it's like because they feel like, well, I deserve the millionaire too, honey. The millionaire is looking for the fitness model that could wear an eye patch and be walk right through here, no cellulite, no <laughs> jiggle, yeah, yeah. no yeah, anything. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's just sitting. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I, yeah. I, this is my personal experience yeah, with this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm just like women don't get it, like. Yeah. We, you need to swim in your lane. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> swim in your lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Pope don't mind these stretch marks. Mr. <laughs> yeah. Pope don't mind this little bit of cellulite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But there's men at certain levels who date at certain levels that yeah. is, you know, physically speaking, they're used to perfection. Yeah. And right or wrong, I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not saying that's right. It's just reality, yeah. you know? Um Men don't look at it like let's be a power couple. That's a woman thing. <laughs> Man, that is real, Rebecca. People, I think a lot of women don't realize they, that men don't think like that. Mm. That you know, your your powerful, successful man making money, he wants a woman for peace yeah. and love and great sex and stroke his ego and he's proud to have her on his arm when he goes out. It's kind of like that whole package, you know, for mm. men thing. But that's about it. <laughs> and, it and as long as you're like a really great woman, you can be great friends and you you know y- y- the compatibility in there is there and everything. Everything. But he's not looking at another millionaire woman like, <laughs> let me be with her because she's a millionaire. Yeah. That is not how men think. Mm. And so women, you know, if you're doing that, it's it's very lonely because mm. first of all, there's not a lot of men 
in those categories. And then on top of that, like I say, you're going to be chasing men who don't want you. Young men are asking you for advice. What would you say is the number one question young men are consistently coming to you about? Um, I would say probably number one is hair, which is so funny, <laughs> you know, and then number two is probably um, actually job related, career related, especially mm. now over the past like six months. It's yeah. like, dude, what do I do? Like, I, I don't know what to do. You know, I really want to be an influencer. That's another one that I get all the time. I really want to be an influencer. I just started my channel. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. I get it. It's just like you said, you start posting, you don't see any results for a while. You just have to keep going. And nowadays, influencer is the dream job. Yeah. Everyone wants to be yeah, an influencer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot of people don't realize that it's a lot of work, man. Yes. <laughs> they don't, they're like, oh, you just sit on your bed and make a bunch of videos. What do you mean, dude? You just talk to the camera. I'm like, oh, man, like, you're making me mad. <laughs> we work a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I'm very proud of what I do. And if it wasn't for my team and, you know, for, for even like I have, I have my two brothers working with me now. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, that's dude, dope. they're, they're really helping me out. Uh, my middle brother just moved to L.A. Uh, two months ago, and he's wow. shooting and editing all of my TikToks now. Oh, dope. So, you know, I, I, try, I try to involve my family as yeah. much as I can. So, yeah, it's, it's been good, man. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think another thing that a lot of guys come to you about is the, the confidence with women part. I think that's something, it's a really interesting part where, like I said, similar with the, a lot of the gamer guys, what I see of athletes and musicians is that they take the confidence that they have in their sports and then they usually transition that to women, you know? But for some reason, like the gamer types, the really smart kids who are competent in different areas, somehow there's like this mental block. And on the <laughs> skill tree, you know, talking to women is zero, <laughs> you know? And so what, what is some of your advice, you know, you, you give to these young men who are struggling with confidence with women? Yeah, man. Um, the first thing that you have to know is that rejection is not only okay, mm-hmm. but very, very normal, and it will happen no matter who you are. Really? So no Alex, matter who you are. Obviously, you're off the market now. I know you're going to ask, and I, 100%. I've been rejected so many times, dude. Like, <laughs> I, you know, and after, and I, I've always known that. Like, I've seen good-looking friends of mine getting rejected, like 6'3", yeah. you know, jacked. I'm like, damn, he's going to go talk to the girl. <laughs> rejected. No matter what. Um, it depends. Sometimes a girl has a, she has a boyfriend or she doesn't want to see anyone or she's just having a bad night. It doesn't really matter. You're gonna, sometimes you're going to get rejected. Yeah. When I moved to L.A., though, um, I started attending some events, you know, and then I saw some celebrities mm-hmm. and I started seeing celebrities get rejected. Oh, really? And that's when I was like, Is there if one? that DJ <laughs> got rejected. <laughs> yeah. Then it's all good. Was it like bad rejection or was it just like casual it's rejection? It's like, oh, come come hang out with us. You know, we're having an after party. You can come hang out with yeah. me. And she's like, nah. <laughs> you know, and I heard, I heard everything. I was there. And, <laughs> you know, I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. If that guy can get rejected, why, everyone. Why, why do men, so many men not believe that guys get rejected? I think a lot of guys have this myth that they're like, there's these guys out there who get never get it's rejected. It's not true, man. Yeah. It's not true. I've, I've, I've been left on scene, <laughs> on red, multiple times, you know. Yeah. And it's just, it's just how it is. And yeah. there's so many reasons. Like I said, boyfriend, bad night, whatever. But the reality is you're going to get rejected. You just have to be okay with it. You so know? How do you not internalize it? No, I just, the way I see it is like, <laughs> I learned it from a friend of mine. It's just a numbers game, dude. Yeah. Like you go and you, you talk to like five girls and you might get three numbers or you might get zero. But next night you, you go and try it again. Yeah. But you can't just get let that rejection get to you to a point where you're just like, mm, I got rejected. I'm not going to talk to anyone else. Mm. Because then you lost the game. Mm. Then you lost the game. Mm. Yeah, man. No, that's good. Like I said, it's just, I don't know why just so many guys 
like I, one of the things I talk about a lot is identity. Yeah. And so I always say that a lot of guys struggle with identity and they base their identity off of women. Right, so if a woman approves them, they're like, "Yo, I'm awesome." When a woman rejects them, now I'm a loser. So, oh, yeah. so many guys base it upon them. But like you're saying, like when your identity is not based upon women, like her rejecting you has nothing to do with who you are as a person. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> it could be so many different things. Yeah. You know, there's so many reasons. You can go there. You can go there, and you can get rejected, and you can be like. Oh man, it's because my hair sucks yeah. and I have this big pimple here <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. I'm not tall enough. Yeah. You know, you can create all of these different reasons yeah. in your head. Yeah. But in reality, maybe she's just having a bad night. Yeah. Her boyfriend just broke up with her or whatever. Yeah. You know, you, so you have to, if you get rejected, my best advice to you is like, just be like, yeah, she probably has a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. What was, you your, know, what like, was your worst rejection? Uh, man, there's been a lot. There's been, <laughs> been a lot, man. I remember when I first moved to LA, right? And I'm talking to this cute girl. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, like she's she's super cute. All yeah. right, cool. And then her friend comes by, and she's like, what do you what do you do? Didn't even ask my name. <laughs> so the LA girl. And I'm question. like, dude, I was like, what the hell? Like, what is this? I was like, okay, you know, at the time I was hosting that show, I was yeah. like, I'm a I'm a host, and yeah. I was like, a little bit already like not very confident yeah. about everything that was going on in that situation. I was like, I'm a host. She's like. She, she wants she's not going to talk to you. Wow. And I was like, you don't even know what kind of a host. I could be hosting a, like a restaurant entrance or I could be like, I don't know. You know what I mean? So that that was pretty bad. That that hurt me a lot. And I was like, all right, I see how it is here in L.A. I see how it is. You know, let, let me work a little bit harder. <laughs> hey, man, you've worked hard. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I saw his car. It was amazing. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, no, that's fascinating. Like I said, it's just I, I really want young men to to get to the point where they, like you said, they realize this is a normal part of life, has nothing to do with you, and we all go through it. Yeah. You know, we all go through, we all process it, you know, we, we all move forward in it. So for the young guy who has this girl he has a crush on, right, What what is your advice usually to go to if a guy's like nervous about talking to his crush or nervous about talking to a girl, what are some of the things you encourage a guy to do to get over that fear? I would say talk to her as if you talk to your to your best friend. Okay. You know, because a lot of times you change who you are just so that you can talk to this girl and you're like, mm-hmm. hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's not even your voice, <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Like, yeah. you can't do that yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's not who you are. Yeah. So it's just going to feel fake. You're going to act weirdly. You're going to start shaking. Don't do that. Just yeah. be yourself. You know, of course, you have to be a little bit... Um, you have to create a little drama, you know, there's got to be some suspense there of who you are, some mystery maybe works really well with some girls, mm-hmm. but but you have to, you can't be nervous because they can they can smell that. <laughs> Anyone can smell that. Yeah. If you're nervous, like, it, it's very clear that How does a nervous. guy get over his nervous? The guy's not used to talking to girls. This one guy hit me up, he's like, yo, I've been working for the past seven years, I want to start dating, I'm super nervous. How, did, how does he get over that nervousness? It's, it's all about trying. It's all about doing over and over, repetition, repetition, mm. you know, because obviously the first time you talk to a girl, Dude, you're gonna be shaking. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. this is a wild beast. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get rejected, yeah. and then you get rejected, and that's when you have to be okay with it and try again and again and again. Yeah. And you know what feels uncomfortable at one point is going to start feeling comfortable, mm-hmm. and then you're good. Then yeah. you're yourself. Yeah. And that's all you can do. No, that's good because I remember when I was younger, um, I would always say, "Let's start a sentence a day." So my first thing was, I just want to say hello to a girl. Exactly. <laughs> so I go to like a bunch of girls that would say hello. And next I'd be like, hello, what is your name? You know, and like you just work, you've been working your way up. Baby steps, man. Well, I think you, you struck on one of the big points. She's bossy. Yeah. I think a woman who's very bossy is really controlling. 
all right? And if she's controlling, it's because, again, she has defense mechanisms. She has her walls up. She does not want to be vulnerable in that way. That woman is less likely to truly give her heart to you. You know what I'm saying? Because she can't never fully trust that you as a man can do what you're supposed to do with it. So bossiness and, and, and being overly aggressive. And when I say overly aggressive, I mean more so in how she speaks to you and how she even speaks to other people. Yeah. Like pay attention to how the woman handles other individuals. Mm -hmm. It will show you a lot. You don't have to, like sometimes a woman could be sweet to you in certain moments, but she's a real B to yeah. other, other women, other guys or whatever. That's a red flag. Yeah. That's something to look at because what that's saying to me is she might be playing a nice role with you right now, but there's an other side of her that's going to eventually come soon. out. Exactly. When we she gets like comfortable, <laughs> <laughs> when she gets comfortable, it's going to come out. So yeah. I, I do think the bossiness, um, I, I, I think being combative. Now, I don't want women to, to mistake that. I don't want women to think that means you can't have an opinion. You should have an opinion. You should express yourself. But when everything I say is being met with resistance and being shot down, that's a problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And again, it goes back to almost this level of control. I have to have my opinion conquer yours. I have to be the one that is right in this situation. That's a defense mechanism. There's something else going on there. You know what I'm saying? A third thing is she's negative as hell. Mm -hmm. You cannot allow yourself. I don't care how fine she is. I don't care if she has a great job. I don't care about any of that. If she's negative, you will suffer as a man, period. And in the long run, this is not going to play out well for you. So you got to recognize when you're dealing with a negative woman. Now, some people will say, I'm not negative. I'm a realist. No, you're negative, <laughs> all right? You're pessimistic yeah. and negative. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yes, it's one thing to have moments where you have to rain on someone's parade because they're looking at things through rose-colored glasses. Yeah. But when you're always giving the negative side, everything, again, you're shooting it down. There is no optimism in your voice and in your perception of things. That's a problem. Yeah. You can't deal with that. To me, those are three big signs like, yo, this is not going to be good. You know what I'm saying? And then I will also say this because this is important for the nice guys to hear. You got to take a step back and ask yourself, is she really doing for me or am I just doing for her? Mm. Mm. What I've noticed with a lot of nice guy relationships is he gets so caught up in putting her on a pedestal, treating her like a queen, which you should, all right? But he gets so consumed by that that he doesn't even realize she does nothing for him. Mm -hmm. She's just there. She's pretty. She entertains your conversation. But what does she actually do for you? Mm. You know what I'm saying? A woman who loves you, who's genuine about you, wants to give. Women are natural givers. So if you're pouring into a woman, she'll want to give it back to you 10 times. If she's really into you. And hell, even some who aren't really into you, that's what they're going to do because that's their true nature. So when they're not doing that, that's a huge sign. This girl's just using you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So take a step back because we get... I, and I, can, I say we because I've even noticed before in my life where... Okay, wait a minute. What was she really doing for me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What was what's, what's really the benefit of being with her? Yeah. That's so good, mm. man. And mm. I, I remember, uh, you know, I hope she's not watching. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I was dating this one girl, and I realized that I kind of created a culture where she didn't feel like she had to do anything. Mm. 
You know, and I feel like, like you said, a lot of nice guys create a culture where I'm your servant and I'm here to take care of your every need. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, months later, you realize, hold on, what is she? What has she done for me? Exactly, exactly. And and that's what it is. That's what it is. And and again, and then part of it is losing a sight of your value and your confidence as a man to where now you think I have to keep doing for her even though she's not doing for me in return. Like, some women don't realize. Women swear the dynamic is always women just doing for the man. Nah, in these nice guy relationships, I know dudes who cook, clean, pay the bills, everything. Women not doing nothing. Mm. Married to women like this. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And again, just to be fair... The fact that you even allowed yourself to, to, to be in that situation speaks to something deeper within you that needs to be resolved, mm. all right? Because you have men who have abandonment issues. You have men who have low self-esteem. You have men who are very insecure due to past relationships or childhood. And so that contributes to them fighting so hard for this woman to in- accept them and embrace them that they just want to give, 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 but they're getting nothing in return. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, what are those things that the, those good guys have to do? Is it like they have to gain more confidence, see their value, see their worth, so they won't get caught up in relationships like this? Hell yeah. Like, I think society's always telling women, know your worth, know your worth, know your worth. But mm. we act like men aren't supposed to know their worth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And people take issue when a man knows his worth. Men should know their worth just as much as a woman. And so you got to regain that confidence. You have to understand you have value here. You are just as important to this relationship as she is, all right? So just as you need to give to her, she needs to give to you. It's a two-way street. So I definitely think, and, and, and I think more importantly, you have to get to a point where you are not afraid if she walks away from you. Yeah, mm-hmm. The reality one. is that men, especially good men, get caught up in the fear of losing her, that they do everything in their power to keep her, not realizing that now, rather than losing her, you're losing yourself. Mm, mm. All right? And here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing. In that dynamic, you're still going to lose her. Yeah. Because now, your lack of self-worth, your lack of self-respect becomes unattractive to her. Yeah. Now, if you don't see your value, she ain't seeing it neither. You see what I'm saying? So now eventually she gets tired of you and she will leave you or it's going to become such an unhealthy situation that will inevitably lead to breakup. Sometimes the only reason that woman has not left is because she doesn't know how to leave you. Mm. Because I always say one of the worst positions to be in is to be with a great guy you're not in love with. All right? In regards to women. And this can happen to men too, but for women... Because now, how does she validate leaving this great guy, even though she knows she's not in love with him? Mm. But unfortunately, you'll never get everything you need from her because she's not in love with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. So it you you really have to... You got to remember your value, man. You got to know your worth. That's just really, really important for a man. And and listen, if, if, if you have low self-worth, you need to build yourself up. That's where you got to get to work. You got to start making some things happen. Give give women something to respect about you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Being a man does not garner respect. You have to be a man with vision, a man with plan, a man that's about something. Your penis does not entitle you <laughs> to respect. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just, it don't work that way, bro. Yeah, yeah I, feel, I feel like men should have that same confidence as rappers doing themselves. I'm the best rapper in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody can go bar for bar for me. Yeah. Like, if you leave me, you ain't going to find another better man than me. Though yeah. you shouldn't say that. <laughs> you know? They're not going to put in the work. It just shows in the self-improvement videos. Yes. They're not going to put in the work. I had to go through five jobs, six jobs, getting fired for no reason to have a wake-up call that, bro, jobs ain't for you, bro.
it's not besting for you, G. Yeah. Some guys get a job and they and, and they feel like they're not blessed with a job. A job is a blessing. Yeah. Everybody can't get a job. That's real. Everybody cannot get a job. You going somewhere from, from 10 to 10, wherever, work however many hours you want to work and stack your bread. Do that. Yeah. Stack your bread. Work on your credit. Because these things are going to matter when you're in your prime. Yeah. No money, no credit. Oh, you done for. Yeah. You done for, bro. Yeah. You don't got no your, your resume now built on the skills that you obtained when you were young. So don't give up on life because you're not where this bother is. Yeah. It might be an anomaly. Yeah. There is another, there's not another LeBron James. Yeah. Those are anomalies. And not even that. To me, it's not how you start the race, but how you finish. It's how you finish. A lot of dudes, as you know, who were who were balling in high school, who who had that fast money, who had that BMW, had all these things. Right now, at your age, it went like boom. My God, and I just my, yep. my ex best friend. Yeah, man, he was the he was the the stuff in high school. Yeah, he was everything. Yeah, what are you doing right now? Nothing. <laughs> You see guys like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler wasn't all that good in the NBA. Look at him right now. Yeah. Brought his team to the Eagles Conference Finals. It's not where you start, but you don't get to where you want to finish without putting in those grinding years. Yeah. And those grinding years suck. You're going to have to go through a lot. Do you have the resilience? Yeah. Can you, can you go through adversity to get through those stages? Because that's where the man is built. The real world is not high school and college where you go to class and you get graded on your... You're not even going to use that in the real world. Yeah. The real world is when it hits you on your butt. Yeah. Can you get back up and bounce back from that? That's get real. fired from your job. Can you keep the same mentality that you had? Mm. That's the real world. That's real, man. No, I, I love that. And I always say, I think one of the, the worst, worst slash best parts of movies is whenever they have those little training monologues where right before like Rocky's about to fight Drago, or right before Rocky's about to fight Mr. T or whoever that hero is, mm-hmm. they have that little fast forward sequence where they're getting right they're in the gym with Michael B. Jordan and, and Creed. Creed and, yeah. You know what I mean? But what happens is in real life, that don't last 30 seconds. Nah. That don't last 30 days. Mm-mm. That lasts five, seven, eight. That lasts years, years. of constant grinding years. and busting to get to that destination. And too many guys who watch all these movies, all these cartoons, they think it's supposed to happen quick. Mm-hmm. So when it don't happen quick, it's what they do. Quit. They quit. You watch the Batman movie, Christian Bell. He was in that cave grinding. In the comics, I'm pretty sure he was in there for years. Yeah. Bruce Wayne wasn't built overnight. Yeah. You have to, you have, you have to start somewhere in life. It's either you're gonna have a day one or a day never. Mm. That's all depending on what you want to do with your life. Yeah. It's not gonna come overnight. The YouTube channels built don't come overnight. Nope. They don't come overnight. Not at all. And they start slow. <laughs> but once again, can you go through adversity? Yeah. Can you go through people trashing your name for no reason? Yeah. Can you go through people um um you know talking about you for no reason? Yeah. Can you go through the low view days of your videos? Can you go through those days? Yeah. Because if you can go through those days, then you can make it through life. Man. One of my favorite videos by you is when you really push working out. Yeah. And one of the things you're like, bro, if you cannot discipline yourself lifting the weights, because you have to do something that sucks. And I and I, I sent that video to everybody, because like you said, that, that discipline and doing what sucks is what's going to build you to be successful later on. But what I really want to talk about next with you is one of the videos I know a lot of people sent me by you is a lot of the no fap content. Mm-hmm. And man, that is something that 
I feel has been so transformational. Like you said, not in hundreds, not in thousands, but millions of men around the world. So for the guys who don't understand, don't know what it is, no fat, but simply just no pornography, no masturbation for the extended period of time for the sake of, you know, building up semen retention, building up testosterone to be able to be your best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And whenever I've literally seen almost every single guy who engages in that blossom. I blossom, bro. <laughs> like, so what, every, what made you want to do it? And then what were your results from it? I was tired of having ED. Yeah. Real talk. You with a fine chick and you can't even get up because you watching porn. A lot of, I won't say all men, but a lot of men can, can and then the woman be like, is it me? Nah, it's me. I'm watching something that's not even real, thinking I'm him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm busting gallons of nuts everywhere, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Thinking it's me. Yeah. And and it's that's not that's not reality. Mm. Then you, you then you're taking away from your, your testosterone. I think I think it does take away from your testosterone yeah. when you're doing it all of the time, yeah. right? Then you don't have a, you don't feel like doing nothing after you're done. Mm-hmm. You ever notice when you hold it in for days or weeks or months? You you just on energetic mode. Yeah. When you get with a chick, you on hawk mode. <laughs> you ready. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when you constantly waste your energy, you constantly waste your time, man, it's, it's, you can drain your life away. Yeah. So I tell dudes, man, like, try your best not to do it. Yeah. If you can't go gold turkey once a week, then go once a month. Yeah. Then go once every two months. Yeah. Then, then it's like, it's just, you never do it again. Yeah. Man, because I think what somebody once told me, he broke it down like this. There's many different angles to it. But he said, like, as a male animal, Mm -hmm. your job is to reproduce, Mm -hmm. right? And the way our body knows we're reproducing is obviously by having sex. Mm -hmm. So what porn does to the brain is that porn tricks your brain into thinking that I am having sex consistently. Mm -hmm. So the dudes who are watching porn three, four, five, their brains are thinking that, yo, I'm getting all these chicks 24-7. Nah, you know. (laughs) But what ends up happening is... All that energy that your body, really that testosterone, all that energy your body's giving you is to push you to build, to be able to get more options, be able to get more women, be able to help you reproduce your seed. Mm. That's what that energy is for. Right. But when your body is like, wow, no, man, shoot, feed, man, this dude getting five, seven chicks a day. Shoot, man, we don't got to do nothing. He's good. Mm -hmm. And you're not. You're not good. You're at your mom's house. You got a Pornhub subscription instead of getting a gym membership and you're playing video games all day. Credit you are not up. credit mess if you got credit. <laughs> right. If you got it, you don't even got to establish. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then your body is literally thinking that you're good. So that's why you're lazy. That's why you got no energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like you said, when you do get an opportunity, which is once in a blue moon, if you're not living your because you're not living your life right, it don't go up. It don't grow up. And so to me, it's just like, yo, as a young man, this is this is part of the discipline. Mm-hmm. I always say a man's superpower is sexual discipline. You master sexual discipline, you good for life. You good that for and life. food, them them the two strongest urges. Mm. That and food. Yeah. Especially when you dieting, you trying to get lean. Do you know how hard? I don't care what nobody say. That, that's the hardest sport. Because it's, it's all mental. Mm. Even basketball and football and track, hockey, baseball, those are mental sports too. But to stop yourself from eating that cake when everybody eating the cake. Mm. Or stop yourself from eating the burgers when everybody eating the burgers. That's hard. That's hard. Because that one burger going to set you back two days. Mm. Now you trying to dig yourself out the rut. 
you busting gallons on yourself, right? <laughs> Every day. That's setting you back three days. They say, I think it's that it takes seven days for the sperm to, to or three to four days mm. for the sperm to re- redevelop back in your system. Yeah. Every time you bust the sperm, that's like a, a lot of drops of blood. Yeah. So what? You got guys doing that four times a day? And they're wondering why they ain't successful. And then when they get with a chick, they can't even get up. Yeah. Then their testosterone levels messed up. Then you got your priorities not right. But like I say, it's all depending on what the man wants to do with his life. Mm. That's what it's at the end of the day, you can do whatever you want to do because it's your life. But I'm gonna tell you this right now. Are you gonna wake up every morning like, oh, I gotta do this forever? Is that how you want your life to be? Yeah. Or do you wake up for that for about five, eight, ten years, grinding? Because mm-hmm. when I worked a job, I didn't hate my job because I used it as a tool. Mm-hmm. I was happy pushing the forklift. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get this money. I'm going to use this money. Put it in here. Uh, it, it got so bad to the point when they said, Steph, you can't work overtime no more. Mm. That's how much I was in the job. Every, every man right now should be, be working overtime. You should be stacking your bread right now. Because money matters. Credit matters. Business matters. That matters. That's the real world. Not high school and college. Because after you get your degree, what you get a degree for? To get money. What you get your degree for? To build yourself up. Because to work on your career. That's what matters. High school don't matter. The diploma matters. The experience matters. But the classes, you're not going to use that in real life. Mm. Well, I personally think it's really hard for guys. I think it's harder for guys than it is for women. Really? I really do. Mary Jo, you always have one of these jobs. No, I really do because I think women basically need to say yes. And I think guys- Just stop talking. Well, no, (laughs) not that. But but women are the gatekeepers, right? Mm -hmm. We say yes or no. And guys have to do a lot of the work. And I think- that men get confused like they see men are unfortunately so in tune with how people look and the the physical part that they oftentimes can't and they're very focused um testosterone makes you very focused and so you don't see the subtle things going on i might be able to be with a guy when he dates someone or when he meets someone and i bet if we sit in the car after and talked about it what the things i saw he would they would blow past him mm. because he's blinded and so what happens is when they're looking they say i want someone to respect me I want someone to treat me right. I want someone who I can do things with and communicate with. They're forgetting that that all happened within the first 15 minutes of the day. Really? You see it. Mm-hmm. So what do you see, Mary Jo? Well, I mean, what I see usually is I see how she is with him, how the question she asks him, how she looks at him, and just the way she responds to hmm. what he what he wants. What are some signs that, because I think one of the challenges that I, I, I look at for some of these women who, um, they're just not even aware yeah. that they have these walls up. They're not even aware that this past relationship has now made them so cynical towards men. 
What are some signs of a woman, a single woman, when they come into your office that when you hear them talking, they hear them share these stories that you can see, oh, you clearly have signs of and you clearly have not healed from your past hurt? I think whenever I hear about um, blame, any kind of blaming, any kind of generalizing, like to a particular sex or... And I watch the way they treat themselves. Many of them are really hard on themselves. They um, they don't take care of themselves. They keep saying they don't have time. They're victimized. They mm. feel like a victim a lot of times. Those are some of the things I think about. I I would be suspicious if I were a guy and I met up with a woman who spent more than two sentences talking about her ex. What an what a butthead he was. Man, man, I, I'm telling you right now, that is the most classic sign because they haven't let go. They haven't moved on. And that person is still responsible. So there's that tells me they're still not able to take responsibility for what happened. And you can't move out of a, out of a rut until you start taking responsibility. Mm. I think that's a big turnoff anyway. Yes. If I hear anybody tell me how crazy their ex was, I usually just, yeah, I, I lose respect. Like, sure. if you loved them, if you shared a bed with them, then, and, and they're crazy now, then that means you haven't dealt with the hurt. Yes. Yes. No, that's, that's a, that's a big one because I remember I was reading a New York times article about single motherhood mm -hmm. and this woman described her um, ex-boyfriend. She said, I, the reason why I broke up with him because I had to take care of two children, our son and him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, if he was a child then you procreated with a child, you live with a yeah. child. What does that say about you? And so I love that point about accountability because mm -hmm. I feel as though that's something that I, one of my, um, things that I use to evaluate a girl. Like when I, when I, I want to hear the narrative that she believes in her head. Mm -hmm. If the narrative is always men are the problem, this guy's a problem, president's a problem, this person's a problem. When it's always the whole outside world's a problem, something always rings in my head. But if she's able to see like, okay, well this happened because I made this decision or I allowed this person into my life or I did this. I, I see it as a great sign that this person is responsible and willing to, grow as we grow in the relationship. Not only that, Hafiz, you've identified the main way that that person is going to fix issues that come up between the two of you. Mm, that's good. So that person is not going to be a blamer. When something happens that the two of you are in conflict, that person is going to step up and say, well, this I see, I see where I could change this part of my thinking. And that's really what being in a relationship with someone that you really love is all about. When two people come together and say, okay, I hear what you're saying and I think I could, I understand this and I could change my thinking to this, but yet this value is, is still playing out in my head and I feel like we're exploiting this important value that we've always shared together. You know, so... Um, and couples negotiate that stuff. People that that put a wall up and are also very similar to people who stop having sex, who stop, who start using different forms of love as weapons. I think those people have something in line. Like I think it's all correlated in that their mindset, their they're not in a growth mindset. Mm. So one of the important things I look for if I were dating is 
how flexible is this person's mind? Mm. How is this person a uh, think? Is this person's thinking one that's going to continue to grow? Do they have a growth mindset when they see a problem? Do they get stuck in it and blame, or are they able to step back and go, hmm? How, what would be the best? Remember I was going to the bar and I was super nervous because of course, you know, I have a fake ID, you know, and I'm like sweating bullets. I'm like, God, please don't turn me around if I get to the front. So, you know, bouncer looks at me. I I mean, ID looked nothing like me. Like dude was dark skin. I was just like, it was all bad, but he let me in, right? So he lets me in. And the craziest thing was, even though I was inside the club, I was super nervous. Mm. Like I was paranoid the whole time. I had access. I was I was in the club, but yeah. because my identity didn't I you know identify with the location, mm. right? I couldn't even be as comfortable as I wanted to be. And yeah. I think that that's the case for a lot of guys is you really have to work on that identity piece, mm. right? You know, it's one thing to say something, but it's another thing to to work on that on a deeper level and actually feel that and become that. Mm. So now you have congruency, right? Because you are a boss. Now you put on the suit, you have full congruency, you look the part, you are the part, you're being the part, and people can feel that. Mm. Yeah. And and I think another thing too is don't be afraid to change. You know what I mean? Because I know for us, especially when we started wearing suits on campus, people were like, what do you guys, you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. people tend to judge you where they meet you in life. So if you're somebody where you come in and you're the athlete and all you wear is sweatpants and sweatshirts to class, which is great, which is fine. Then you switch up and start wearing suits. Mm-hmm. People are naturally like, yo, what are you doing? So when we started, we had a lot of that. Oh, here they go with these suits again. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah. it's one of those things to where, like I said, you can't be afraid to change. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody that you want to be in your head and you really are passionate about being that person, man, you have to really just forget what other people have to say. Because now that we're in the space we're in, I mean, whenever somebody needs a suit, style advice, whatever the case is, they come straight to us. Yeah. And those are the same people that when we started, were like, my man, why are you always in a suit? What yeah. was, but now they kind of have seen, like I said, the vision of what we had initially. Bro, that's so good because now that now we can get a little philosophical before we get a little ratchet. <laughs> but what, but one of the For the things, Patreon. <laughs> yeah, but one of the things I thought about was that when it comes to a man's identity, Mm-hmm. Who is he? Mm-hmm. So, for example, guy A was a good kid his whole life, always in school, you know, always being kind to his mom, always going to church on Sunday, doing everything right. One day he gets mad, probably around 22, 23, gets mad about the world, about life, grabs a gun shoots up a church full of people. Mm. He's Dylan Roof. Who is Dylan Roof? Was he who he was on his best day? Who mm. is he who he was on his worst day? Or is he who he was on most days? And and there's no right or wrong answer in my opinion. But what I find is that your identity is always being created each day. And a lot of people, what they're going to do, especially when you do something bad, yeah. no matter what you've done good in your past, when you make one bad decision, you are now that person. Yeah. But what's interesting is we don't do that for people when they do good. So mm. somebody can commit a whole bunch of crimes and be a convicted convict, change his life around, start to want to do something good. He's always going to be the person that did wrong. So in my personal belief, and I'm curious to hear your own, I believe you are who you choose to be that day. You as a man get to forge and shape your identity. So what a lot of people are going to do is they're going to be like, hold on, Jamal, Henry, Abdul, 
John Wayne. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, think I like it. No, it's cool. yeah, it's cool. I thought you were trying to cover like every. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so cool. He always does that. I think it's so cool. He always like touch on everybody. You know? But and I'm like, your friends from high school always be like, dude, that's not you. Yeah. Why are you dressed up nice? Why are you wear this? So that's not you. Yeah. Dude, why are you trying to read books now? That's not and they're always gonna try to bring you back to this old self. Mm-hmm. And they're always going to say, that's not you. Oh, I know who you are. Man, that's Joe, man. Man, Joe ain't that. I, I remember him back in high school. Like, like that's your fixed state of being. So I really want to encourage all the guys to know that you are not what people say you are. You are not this fixed state of being. And when you choose yourself to change your life, to put away the childish ways, and to become this better version of yourself, that is now who you are and not what other people say you are. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that there's there's a lot to touch on there. Um, man, I think the biggest thing too um, is honestly just understanding and also having a little bit of empathy because you know I see both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand how it's hard for somebody who saw you as a caterpillar, yeah. right, to now see you as a butterfly. That's real. You know what I mean? Because it's like, man, you was fat, like yeah, you couldn't yeah, fly, yeah. and now you're almost a completely different person. Yeah. And, you know, it is very easy for somebody to lose association with you because you've grown. And especially if you've outgrown where they're at. Mm, right. Because if you've outgrown where they're at now, not only are they dealing with, you know, you not being close in proximity to them, but now they're looking at all the insecurities and things that they wish they were in you. Mm. Right. So now they're having a battle with that. So I've always had a healthy degree of empathy when people trap me there. Mm. But also to also understand that there's consistency involved. Mm. Right. Because if for five years of your life you were doing X, Y, Z and that person knew you there, understand that it's going to take some consistency of action and them being around you to even reprogram that thought process of what they knew you were. Now, of course, if they continue to drag you down where they met you or they continue to have those insecurities because they're seeing in you what they wish they were, Mm -hmm. then you may have to separate on the relationship. But I also think there's an empathy empathy side that has to be had with that as well. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, Joe hit the nail right on the head with that, especially because I just think back to my personal life the group of friends I had freshman year of college were completely different than the group of friends I had sophomore year. I mean, I kid you not, I, I always tell this story. I hung out with about eight or nine people freshman year of college. All of them dropped out yeah, yeah, yeah. like or got kicked out. You yeah. know what I mean? So I literally had to make an entire new group of friends sophomore year. Yeah. And a lot of that was due to the fact that towards the second semester, I was kind of starting to separate myself because not only I wasn't into what they were doing, but yeah. I saw myself like Joe said, kind of becoming that butterfly. Yeah. And they started to kind of ostracize me as well because I was starting to wear suits yeah. and starting to do things that maybe they weren't doing. Mm-hmm. And I made the right decision yeah, because yeah, looking yeah. back at it, you know, yeah. they're not really doing a yeah. lot. Yeah. But like Joe said, it does take a level of consistency. And when we started, we were very consistent. Mm-hmm. And now we've kind of started to reap the fruits of our labor because, you know, even on slow days or slow weeks with business, you know, guys will, will hit us up that we maybe have met in the past that have seen us in passing. Like, Hey, I remember you were wearing this, wearing X, Y, Z. And, and that's kind of just helped us continue to grow each and every day. No, that's real. And I love that point about consistency. You know what I mean? Because like you said, it's going to take people a while before they really, especially moms, you know, family members, people that grew up with you when you were younger to, for it to really register that. Okay. Now he's a different person. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I said, I guess nowadays I'm always meeting people who knew me back in high school. 
Mm. That's always yeah, interesting. I'm back in Atlanta now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I honestly don't remember who I was in high school. <laughs> but I remember you. I'm like, oh, you, I'm like honestly, you don't know who I am at all. Like, right. I don't even, I don't even know that guy that you knew. Like, right. you probably know him better than I do. Yeah. I really, I'm, I am so different from that. Mm-hmm. And so, I really want to encourage guys about that consistency, about that self improvement, and and not to, like you said, not to feel like you are stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like too many guys. Like, I was talking to this one guy. And people think I'm bad with women. <laughs> when, when I'm doing the one-on-ones with the guys, I'm like, bro, I have no tolerance. Because yeah. so many guys... Uh, we've seen it. Yeah, yeah we know. <laughs> and so many guys will tell me, oh, well, this is just, this, this is not me. Yeah. So this one guy I was talking to, and he, it is what it is. I was talking to him, and he, and, and, and he wasn't working out. He was mm. not working out. He was mm. out of shape. And I was talking to him, and I was like, dude, he said, well, I don't... That's not me. That's not my style. I said, what, what does that mean? <laughs> that, that's not your style. Yeah. I think a lot of guys see you guys in suits. Mm. They, see, they see guys dressed up nice and they say, that's not my style. That's not me. Yeah. Says who? Right. I remember there's a scene in, in Hitch. And I remember, I'm, I hope I don't butcher this, but Will Smith bought this dude some really nice shoes to go on his first date. Mm-hmm. And he was like, how are you? Will Smith asked the guy, he said, how are you feeling in the shoes? The guy was like, uh, the shoes is not me. And Will said, you bought the shoes. You look great in the shoes. That's only you I care about. (laughs) That's you. You know what I mean? Like, that's you. And so I want guys, especially guys who are probably in this unhealthy fixed mindset. who are like, I don't want to wear nice things. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. Bro, why not become the best version of yourself? If it's going to get you a better outcome in life, if this is going to get you what you've always desired. Why not be this best version of yourself? And I, and I really want to encourage a lot of guys to focus in on that and to really grow from that area. Man, again, I mean, that that's such a layered topic, man. I think it just goes back to that identity issue. You know what I mean? Like a lot of guys have that 2100 license and, yeah. you know, they're not they're not able to drive past 12 because yeah. they haven't upgraded the license. That's man. real, that's um, real. And I think that's just what it comes down to. Uh, just And even, too, I think there's an unhealthy association sometimes to being dressed up or caring about your parents and that not being like masculine in a sense. Mm, And the conversation that I have a lot of times with guys is the most masculine thing you can do is to care about your parents. Mm. Because you know what that tells me? It tells me that you're taking accountability. Mm. Because at the end of the day, to to be a man for me is about taking accountability with your finances, right? With your family, but also with your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of the mental shift I have with guys when I notice that they're like, ah, that's not really me, or I don't like dressing up, or I can't, well, why? Yeah. Like where where's that emotion coming from? Yeah. Because again, a lot of people just have unhealthy associations. And I think for most men, when they get the response, yeah. especially that comes from women, mm. right? You know, everything changes yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, I, I can wear this all the time. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, when can we set up another point? So that was it, guys. I hope you enjoyed the best of the roommates. There were so many other guests, so many other conversations that I loved throughout the year. Make sure you guys go back and check out all the years of amazing content, guys. Like I said at the beginning, I'm so excited moving into 2021 to be able to continue to build with you guys, to continue to learn, to be able to equip, to be able to help you guys. So thank you so much. Continue sharing, sharing such amazing content. I look forward to seeing you in the new year.